I have a, a kind of a sad story to tell you. Okay, I'm ready for it. Can I treat this like a confessional? I'm a phone addict. This past Monday, I I don't remember what I was doing. I, I was at work. I came off of work and I noticed that my wife was a little bit like she seemed a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after you've been married for a while, you can tell that like immediately mm-hmm. whenever they are not so happy. And she was frustrated with me. Like, okay. Well, she asked to talk privately away from the kids, which is odd and usually never a good thing. Right. And so we went to a different room and essentially she told me that she felt like I was spending too much time on my phone Mm. and that it was interfering with me being a dad for my girls. Mm. Okay. That was heartbreaking. So since then I've been conducting some experiments on myself. Okay. Which that's probably the reason I'm bringing this up because it's that that's the more fun part here. Like, okay, sad story about Joe spends too much time on his phone, but I'm forever the problem solver. So I always want to know what I'm going to do about it. So I've been playing around with some ideas on, you know, how to how to break maybe phone addictions of some sort or how to set it aside. And I don't know that I have good answers, but I've been doing something the last two or three days, which has been quite illuminating to me. And that is that whenever I get off of work, I take my phone up and put it in our bedroom and then I come back downstairs Mm. and I haven't been picking it up until like right before going to bed just to make sure no one called or texted me in that time frame. So this is like a period of four and a half hours in the afternoon where my phone is nowhere near me. Interesting. It has been an interesting experiment, but at the same time, it hasn't caused any problems, which is kind of disheartening. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, I would expect that that would cause a problem in some way that, you know, someone in the family texts me and needs something right away, or I miss an important phone call, or, you know, something's going on that night and I didn't get the response of somebody and it fell through. Like something like that should happen so that I could justify my use of keeping my phone on me all the time. Right, right, like that, right. That, that sort of thing needs to happen. Yeah. And it may still happen. But it's not happening on the regular. Correct. It's not a daily deal. So I'm I'm going to keep playing with this experiment, but it has been interesting to me. Well, if if you are in this confessional and I get to be the one that provides absolution, I can say, my friend, you are not alone. You are one of many people who have had those kinds of conversations with a significant other Yep, and had conversations related to this kind of thing about their children or relationships in general. You are so in the norm that it is an entire feature in iOS 12, which I'm assuming you are not beta testing, but we might talk about a little bit. Of course not. As we continue down this path, because they have some solutions there for you. But to be real, like I, I don't think that that is something that feels very uncommon these days. I think that it would be hard to find a relationship that hasn't had a conversation about phones and the way that we use them because it's become such a big part of our lives. It is in itself a relationship that we have with this object that we have with us and people being jealous or 
people being cautious and saying, hey, I'm noticing you spending too much time in this zone, and I would love for you to be out of it, has become increasingly normalized. And I think it's good to have these conversations and really pull back from time to time. So you are taking a pretty major response to it, not just saying, ah, you know, I'll try to be on it less, but saying, I'm not going to have this thing on me for hours on end. And I think that an interesting thing that you're learning from that is that it's not that big of a deal not to have it on you, right? Yeah, I kind of wanted it to be, though. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So let me ask you, when you are being distracted by your phone, what is distracting you? Is it stuff like Twitter? Honestly, it's usually email or one of the forums that I'm kind of dependent on for work stuff. So it's usually work-related stuff, but we talked about the fact that you and I have a very different amount of slacks that we're in, and I am in, what is it, three slacks or something, and that can take up a good half hour of my day every day just scrolling through and then, you know, checking back in on them throughout the workday. I'm assuming that the more of that that you have in your life, the more time it can have dedicated to it, and you are not only dedicating it to it, but kind of giving up little sections of your free time throughout the day, right? Yeah, and I think this is this is another aspect of this. I have felt like I am slowly approaching the realm of burnout over the last probably three months or so. And when I go back and try to, you know, speculate on why that is, uh, and, and continuing that difficult conversation with, my wife and just trying to figure out, okay, all right, Becky, what are, what are the things that I'm doing that that caused me to pick this thing up all the time? Somewhere around three months ago, I started just trying to catch quick emails and send them back out from my phone here and there. For a long time, I didn't even have email on my phone. I don't now, again, so <laughs> back down that path. But for whatever reason, I picked it up again and was starting to just try to get some work stuff out here and there, which meant that those quick checks and those quick emails here and there, I was never turning it off, uh, never stepping away from it. So it would it would lead me down that burnout trail. So I, I think this, this and I, I have noticed this in the last couple of days too, it's been kind of nice to be able to say, okay, work is done so much so that it can't even get to me right now. Unless I'm thinking about something or choose to think about it, Yeah, it can't interrupt and it, it can't lead to a distraction because it's somewhere in the house. It's somewhere upstairs. And if I wanted to go check it, I have to make the effort of going up a flight of stairs, opening the door to our bedroom and checking it and setting it down and coming back downstairs. And everyone in the house is going to know what I'm doing. Like everyone will know what I'm doing, which is a big confession every single time you do it. Is this a new kind of part of your your daily routine is the getting rid of the phone for a short period of time? I think for right now, yeah. I think I need to break the habits and that's that's not an easy thing to do. So, you know, it's the classic, you know, if you're rec- a recovering alcoholic, don't go to a bar, like that concept. Like, okay, well, if I'm addicted to this technology, like, I just need to get it away from me, like, make it go away. So <laughs> that's what I have to do. Well, it seems like probably all the things that you're talking about wouldn't be harmed by being allocated to certain times of the day. Right. Or a larger device, say, a MacBook that you do that kind of work on to begin with. Yep. Go Mac. Yeah. Nice, nice little plug there. But you don't, uh, <laughs> you don't find yourself like 
this is more email and work stuff. It's not like Twitter or news or browsing around. None of that kind of stuff really hooks you anymore. I can't say like browsing. I don't really, I was trying to think through, I had this conversation with somebody about a week ago. Like, I don't know when people just go browse the internet. Like I usually have a target that I'm trying to accomplish right now. Hmm. Like I am trying to find this product and I have three or four minutes to find the one I want. Like <laughs> that is what I'm doing. But just going and randomly reading articles or even catching up on RSS feeds, like I just ha- I just don't do a lot of that. That's interesting. If at all lately. Yeah. So I just don't take the time for it, I guess. Well, in that case, you're going to be fine because none of these things are that addictive to begin with, right? I think you're just being in productivity mode when you're supposed to be in family mode or relationship mode or relaxing mode or whatever it is. And I think you'll be able to get through that pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so. Have you been at all following this uh, new screen time feature in iOS 12? I have. I've been kind of fascinated by it. I have had a few people ridicule me for not downloading the beta for my Mac or my iPhone. And (laughs) I continue to ask the questions of why on earth would I do this? But, you know, I never get clean answers from people because they don't want to answer those questions. Yeah, you are not a beta person. No, no, I'm too dependent on it from a work stance. Uh, But I have been keeping an eye on uh, screen time. I've been, you know, fascinated by people sharing their results online. Like I've been seeing some, like this is a thing now, sharing screenshots of the screen time. I've also been interested in the numbers that people are sharing around, like the number of unlocks, mm-hmm. because it's crazy high numbers that, that people are sharing. So I, I'm curious, do you have this beta? Are you playing around with this? Oh, of course I do. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> have any way to justify it to you. I'm not that kind of person. Yep. Of course I do, because it's what I do every time. <laughs> I had it since beta one. I will say that it's a shockingly stable beta, and I have seen basically no crashes. But yeah, it's an interesting feature. So the way that it's kind of broken up is that there are two components to this thing called screen time. There's downtime, and then there's app limits. And what downtime is, is you get to set a time period. Unfortunately, right now, you can only set one time period because I would love for there to be multiple. But you set a time period, so say 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. And during that time, basically, your phone stops functioning like your normal phone would. And all of the apps that you would normally be able to get into are grayed out and have a little hourglass next to them. And what you can instead do is choose apps that you say that you would like to see. So, for example, I have this, and at night it turns on, and Twitter doesn't work anymore, and Safari doesn't work anymore, and a lot of apps don't work anymore. But what does work is Libby, the place that I read books, and drafts, in case I ever want to write anything down. And so it's a nice reminder as I'm starting to wind down for the day that I don't want to be looking at Twitter because it's a subconscious thing. And when I wake up at six, I actually don't want to look at my email and it keeps the notifications away from you so that you can't see any notifications you might have got on Twitter or email. And then at 7 a.m., they all start to roll in when I start my day. And then the other component is something called app limits, which allows you to set time limits for yourself in each app. So you can say, I don't want to spend more than one hour in social media or in Twitter or in email. And as soon as you hit that, it will basically 
turn off the functionality of the app and give you a little notification when you open up the app that says you've hit your app limit. Would you like to turn this app limit off for 15 minutes or for the day? And you can kind of self-regulate in that way. And I think that both these features are going to be quite good for people. I think that there are certain people who say, you know, I really don't want to be on Instagram for more than a couple hours a day. And then they'll realize how much time they actually are on it because it'll become 2 p.m. and they'll, they'll have hit their limit. So I think that that kind of thing is good because the problem with phones, right, is that you have all of these micro moments with them where you're not just sitting there for 45 minutes straight looking at something. You're looking at something for 10 minutes and then moving to something else looking at something for two minutes and moving on to something else. But of course, that time really adds up in ways that people aren't anticipating. So these are cool features that I think are going to be really good in iOS 12. And I think you might find some use out of them whenever you do decide to get them. And by that, I'm assuming it will be the fall <laughs> when it's released for everybody. <laughs> It'll be a while. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot here that I'm intrigued by but at the same time i can't help but think that this is the type of thing that i'm going to end up like using in a way they don't expect mm -hmm. and I, I couldn't explain what that is because i would have to play with it and see how it functions before i like formally make some of those decisions but i i could see myself setting these things up such that like I I don't want anything but my work apps to function. And like another thing that I'm curious about too is does it track like you can take a website and give it a home screen button. And in a lot of cases those are what we would call a progressive web app depending on how you have it set up. So PWA, like that is a, a thing where you can have a website that functions more like an app on your phone. But does it track those? Like, how does it handle those? Do you know? I don't, I haven't seen anybody talk about that. If you say, I don't want to see Twitter anymore, and you try to go to twitter.com, it will tell you, no, 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 my friend, you have said that you don't want to go to Twitter. Hmm. Same thing for Instagram, same thing for anything. So yeah, it is smart enough to know. What if it doesn't have an app? Like, it doesn't have a core app to pull from. Well, I believe that what will happen is if you have some website bookmarked, then that will just count as Safari. Okay. So you would have to limit Safari on it in order for that to function. Yes, yes, you would. Interesting. So really Safari is the big catch-all that might be problematic for people. But it's a pretty good feature. The thing that I would love to see, Joe, and I think that you might be similar in this way, is I would love to create multiple downtimes that have multiple uses. Yeah. So for example, I would love for there to be an afternoon downtime. I would love it so that I could make it work in a way that Twitter was only turned on at basically 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. I don't really want to look at Twitter yeah. outside of those hours. I don't want it to take up my morning, and I don't want it to take up my night. But if I have downtime set for, you know, 5 p.m. to 2 p.m. the next day, that's not going to be very helpful for me. So I would love for there to be basically like a working downtime, a resting downtime, a morning downtime, and kind of waterfall the different apps into working in different ways because there's going to be a moment where I want to see email but not Twitter. There's going to be a moment where I want to see email and Twitter and there's going to be a moment where I'm not going to want to see either email or Twitter. And being able to like create multiple environments would be really, really helpful to me. But 
as a version one product, this is pretty cool. And I think that it's going to be a great bit of help to people. You can, of course, use the family mode to make these even more stringent. So you could have somebody put a passcode on your device or have it set up from another family member who's using your same iCloud family plan, and they would be able to limit you. So instead of having that button that says, I know I hit my limit, but let me continue on for 15 more minutes or for a day, you would actually have to request that from somebody else, which seems very much meant for children, but I could see that being used by spouses without a doubt very, very easily. (laughs) Welcome to my downtime accountability group. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I don't think that's bad at all. So it's it's very interesting to see how this kind of stuff goes. I mean, I know that you said you have to play with it to really understand, but do you think that you would set downtime and and kind of remove a lot of the functionality of your phone for certain hours? Yeah, I would imagine, like, just based on the way I operate, I could see myself letting it, the downtime bit work from, like, 4 p.m. until 10 a.m. the next day. Right. So that that is my downtime, and it's only functional whenever I'm past the valuable morning hours and it turns off when I get off work. Like I could see setting it up that way. But the trick with that is I would want it to only work on weekdays. And mm. even that, I would like it to be Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, <laughs> Cause Tuesday is when I do a lot of stuff at the church. So that particular day is kind of an oddball. And then weekends are different as well. So I last I knew, just from what I've heard people say, like you can't do independent days. No, you can't. That would be the, the catcher for me. You also, unfortunately, can't do independent devices. So anything that's done on an iPhone will also reflect on the iPad, which sucks for me because I would love to make it so that I'm basically saying, if if I want to go and do these things, I want to do them on my iPad, but I get this big blanket rule thrown across both devices, which isn't too great for me. Uh, not as bad for you as someone who has the Mac for most of their work. I was going to say, it sounds like Apple's promoting my lifestyle. Yeah, they are. They definitely are. Well, they're <laughs> they're adding features for my lifestyle, but not enough features. So yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But yeah, it's, it's good. I actually could see myself doing something like you just described, which is basically a pretty massive swath of time from the evening to the late morning. And this is very similar to what we were talking about before with that dumb phone. Yeah. Quote unquote dumb phone. That was really beautiful and that we liked, you know, a phone that would allow you to make calls, have text messages, use maps and a couple of more things. And really that's it. And they, they do it in a good way. Basically everything's grayed out. It's not ugly. Um, it's not super hard to understand. I would have almost liked for the, the icons to have disappeared, but I understand that they want them to remain so that you can get into them because you can if you want to break the downtime and get into the app. But it, it looks really good. I think they've figured out a nice implementation of this kind of functionality. And I think, yeah, I mean, I'm using it already and I'm, I'm liking it quite a bit. It's a little glitchy right now. So sometimes my downtime does not start when I asked it to. And I have to just deal with that. So it's kind of hard to tell how good it is at like breaking habits because, you know, if it doesn't help me at all to break the habit, then it's not going to break the habit, right? Yeah. But I'm glad it exists and I think it'll be cool. Now, the funny thing is that what you mentioned, just putting the phone in another room, is the best downtime of all, right? Yeah. Here's this big technological solution on how to make your phone less effective to keep you from being 
too addicted, where the other response is just to simply move it away from your body and not look at it anymore. And that is, without a doubt, the better response of the two. Because if you have it on you and you have the ability to break out of the downtime, there's going to be a moment where you break out of the downtime. But if you don't have it on you, you can't. And that's that. Yeah. And there's really no getting around it. So even with this awesome iOS 12 functionality, I think that your solution might be the better of the two. And it's a platform agnostic, right? It doesn't matter what iOS you're running or what phone you have. You can do it no matter what. (laughs) You can just put it in another room. I don't know. This is something that I've been reflecting on a lot lately. It's because, you know, coming back to OmniFocus, part of the reason I was doing that was for some of the reminders, uh, the notifications there. And, you know, with that, it has me reflecting on why. Why do I need those? And how does that work? Because essentially what you're doing is you're setting up this phone to be a nagging device. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's almost like I can't control myself to do the things that I tell myself I should be doing. Right. So I'm going to set up this piece of technology to ding and ring so that I follow through on the thing that I've said I wanted to do. Because I don't have the willpower to do it myself. Like That's what it feels like. And taking the phone and putting it upstairs and keeping it completely out of sight and out of reach means that you're kind of taking back that, that, that particular power. But the trouble there is that, and and this is an aspect that I'm, I'm, I think I'm only starting to realize even just today as in like the last two hours drew. So here's a raw idea. I'm realizing that I sometimes forget things because I've become dependent on the phone yeah. to remind me of certain things, like it's stupid, simple stuff too. Like with trying to take the trash out, I'm supposed to take the trash out every Thursday. Well, my phone goes off and reminds me in the morning to make sure I do that. Well, if my phone is left in my office when I come up for breakfast, instead of taking it with me, it doesn't go off at that time. And that's the moment in the day that I need to do that. Well, I had my phone left downstairs yesterday during that time frame. And for whatever reason, my brain knew that there are things your phone won't remind you about that you need to remember to do. And I didn't forget any of them. Now, I don't know if that's just because it's a new concept uh, and I'm still getting used to that. But at the same time, I I, I don't feel like a I want to be in the place where I'm dependent on a nagging piece of technology to get stuff done. Like that seems wrong (laughs) for whatever reason. And whenever I've been setting the phone aside and not even having it, like it could be up there ringing and I wouldn't know it. Like it it, Mm. it just doesn't go off at all. And it, it forces you to retrain yourself to operate in different ways in order to get these quote unquote reminders just because that nagging piece of tech isn't there, like it's not there to you know ding at you. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good reminder that these things aren't that important to have with you at all times. We had talked about this a little bit before, I think, but this is one of the reasons that I really love my Apple Watch. And as I brought up last time that we talked about this, I do not think it is the solution for you. Thanks. So this is not something that I'm trying to pitch to you, another piece of technology. I appreciate the disclaimer. Here's my morning setup, and I think you'll find this kind of interesting. This is a new thing that I've been doing. At night, I have my iPhone and my iPad plugged in beside me on the bed. And I used to have my uh, Apple Watch there too. But what I've been doing now is I actually moved the Apple Watch charger 
to the bathroom. And it's, I have a nice bathroom countertop and I have a nice little Apple Watch charger. I think it actually looks really nice. So it doesn't look bad in the bathroom at all. And when I brush my teeth, I put the Apple Watch on the charger and I have an alarm for pinning on the day, 5.30 in the morning, 6 in the morning, whatever. Usually I wake up before the alarm goes off. And it's incentive, right, to get up and go to the bathroom and put the Apple Watch on before the alarm starts ringing and um, wakes up my wife or something like that. And now, since, I, since I'm in the bathroom and I'm brushing my teeth or whatever, I don't have any need to go and pick up my phone because I have a device on my wrist that would tell me if anything had happened that was important, like a text message. But I don't have the ability to do all the stuff that I usually distract myself with, like look at Twitter. And so it's actually been really helpful because I have this thing on my wrist that will definitely tell me if anything's important that's going to, you know, if I get a phone call, if I get a text message, if a friend wants to go to the gym or meet up for coffee, but I don't have the ability to do any of the browsing stuff in the morning. So instead, I then move from my bathroom to my living room without ever going back for my phone that's still sitting on that nightstand charging away face down because that's even a better way of making sure I don't look at it. And I do a little reading, a little writing, whatever it is that I want to do. And it's a great way for me to feel that feeling of, if I'm needed, I will be found, which I think you have as well. Which, by the way, just like it hasn't happened to you, rarely ever happens to me. The amount of times that I'm actually needed at seven in the morning is so insignificant, right? But there's this weird feeling because we're so interconnected at all times that I feel like I need to have that. And the watch reassures me of that and lets me just do whatever I want without getting distracted. So that plus screen time or downtime or whatever, I guess it's a mixture of the two, has really helped me cut back on my morning routines that I felt like were not very healthy for me. Uh, It's also helped me establish a little bit of a meditation habit, which we've talked ever so slightly in the past about that both of us have dabbled in that and not found any major habits built in that in that zone. Right. Yeah, I've tried. I mean, I've been playing around with it a little bit more again the last few days, but yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. And so, you know, you have been putting your phone away in the afternoon. I have been putting my phone away in the morning. And I think that both of us have found a lot of solace in that. Do you feel like it's made you feel a little more clear minded or just more present or both? Well, that's a good question. You know, gut feeling, I think it's both. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Because I'm not constantly thinking through work stuff, I think I have a better way of, I guess, elevating my thinking above what's going on right now in this moment. Like I can think uh, at a higher level, which I think is very beneficial, especially as a business owner. And I mean, you probably see that with Keyhouse, like you, you being able to separate from the day to day tasks of it and think about the broader strategy of the business is so invaluable. But getting away from the phone as much. I mean, I do find myself doing that more often. I've had more fun with my girls lately too. That's cool. Which to me, that's probably a massive indicator right there. Like if I'm having more fun playing with them and I'm more focused on them, like, okay, well, why would I not continue doing this? You know, as much as I am a pro internet, pro technology person, there's so much to be said about interacting with the people that are right in front of you. And we often sacrifice that in favor of something that's on the screen and more readily available. Uh, and that's not, that's not great. So I love the fact that you're kind of coming to interesting terms with that and trying to figure out ways to, to make it happen for yourself. 
For me, I am happy that the technologies that we have are allowing us to do less with them. And that's something that like Apple is thinking about as a company. It makes me confident that I'm going to be able to find less addictive behavior as time goes on. Because that's the thing, right, is I love my iPhone for reading at night. I love my iPhone for talking to people and texting people and FaceTiming people. I love the way that it lets me feel connected to different people at different times. But I do not love the way that it keeps me from feeling present. So anything that feels like a distraction from being present needs to be removed. And I think that uh, your solution is the best solution, which is just to get the technology out of the way in moments where you know you can be spending it with people that are in the room with you. I will say I'm considering like another level of this too, in that like my phone is one that uh, at night I use the app Sleep Cycle to track my sleep. And I've been doing that for a year and a half or so, which is very enlightening to, to help figure out, okay, what makes for a good night of sleep? Uh, it, it's been very helpful in helping me find those the the tactics and the methods that help me get a good night's sleep. But at this point in time, I feel like it's not like I don't really need to be doing that. And I've I've noticed that the next level that I fight right now is I still check my phone early in the morning. And I, I you know, obviously I'm running through the habits of trying to check my email, but I pulled it off my phone. Then I default to things like Twitter and Instagram. And whenever you know, whenever I do all of that, that's, I guess technically it's fine, but I, I would rather not because I feel like it slows my morning down and I, it takes me longer to get to the point where I'm doing something more meaningful. And so all of that to say, I'm exploring buying a legit alarm clock <laughs> right now hmm. so that I can leave my phone in my office and not even have it in the bedroom at night. Uh, at yep. all so like it goes in the bedroom when i'm in the the, the living room and the the kitchen area you know our, the main living space of the house and then it goes in the office when i go to bed i move it out of the bedroom and put it in my office and then the next morning i come to the family room area and then i'll actually engage with it at some point so yeah, yeah oddly that's enough not a bad, that's not a bad <laughs> plan at all no no uh, does your wife use her phone much for just browsing around or doing much or is she not a big phone person in the first place she kind of does uh not nearly as much as my habits have led me to and i know that you had mentioned in the past that she used like a facebook group to talk with some old friends and that kind or no a slack yeah they moved over to slack but yes she she does a lot of research on her phone and ipad like she'll do quite a bit on those just trying to learn you know she's got a big thing for mushrooms lately like hunting the woods for mushrooms so she's been doing a lot of research on those so she'll do that sort of thing, but uh, it's someone who just goes around and checks her phone randomly, like she's, I've never really known her to do that. She's got a pretty intense level of self-control, so it's its rather overwhelming when you get to know her, but she's she's way better at keeping an eye on how much she's using those devices than I am by a long shot. So she will not be entering in a confessional anytime soon. I don't think so. <laughs> just you. <laughs> yep, just me. She'll call me out and make me do it. That's all. <laughs> you know, we're so used to being able to fill our moments with little distractions or an email check or a Slack group browse or a discourse channel read through that it is a bit challenging to 
find moments where you say, you know what, I don't want to do any of those things right now. I want to just be present. And yeah, just the absence of technology is, is one way of doing that. And I think that we would all be a little better off if for at least one hour out of the day, right, we were without our phones and were able to be in the middle of a conversation and be fully present for it. Or maybe just reading or sitting and doing nothing. Like it doesn't even have to be engaging with somebody else that's so important. I think that it's just as good to wean yourself off of that habit of being constantly connected to a phone and to the world of technology and social media and work and feeling uh, a bit distanced from it so that you can you can live without it and remember what that feels like. Yes, to all the things. That was a good summary. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Well, do you feel <laughs> like you have entered the confessional and confessed and feel freely absolved? I think so. I feel better. Thanks for letting me get that out there. Of course, of course, and I mean, it seemed like you you had a you had a plan all along. You didn't you didn't need my help, my friend. But I'm glad that you came here anyways for that. Yeah, that's good. But I understand it more if I talk to you about it. So yeah, there yeah. we go. And and we we found out that you will not be installing any of the betas anytime soon, which is no fun. That's no fun. But I understand. <laughs> if I didn't use them so heavily for work, mm-hmm. I would definitely do so. If my phone was not you know, a vital piece of testing and, you know, allowing me to do uh, some communication that I can't really do real well on the Mac. Like if it wasn't for that, I would probably jump in right away. Uh, If I wasn't so heavily dependent on, you know, running local servers and such on my Mac, then I would probably update that as well. But it's like the central hub of the entire business. So, yeah. Not going to happen. Joe, let me tell you, let me tell you that not only is iOS 12 running on my iPhone, I have iOS 12 running on my iPad. And not only is iOS 12 running on my iPhone and my iPad, but Mojave is running on my Mac. And boy, oh boy, is dark mode extremely good. See, why do you have to say these things? I mean, why, do you, why do you have to bring this up? <laughs> like, I, I'm already struggling with yeah. this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay, here, I'll help you out. Uh, on my phone, my screen time stopped working. On my iPad, uh, half of my iCloud files just randomly disappear for about 30 oh, seconds. Geez. And then they all reappear. They all reappear, but they're gone for about 30 seconds every time I open files. So that's a little disconcerting. Yep. And uh, on, on the Mac, I turned on iCloud messages, iCloud for messages, messages for iCloud, okay. messages in iCloud, maybe that's what it's called, you know, and every single time that I open up messages, it basically just randomly orders every text message I've ever sent to anybody, so <laughs> <laughs> a message I sent last Tuesday will appear as the newest message, and you know, this, that, and the other, so uh, all of my conversations look real funky, <laughs> and I don't know if that's ever going to get rerouted, or if I just am doomed to uh, a jumbled, scattered message uh log for for my life now so uh there there's some reasons to not do any of the things that i've done thank you that makes me feel better but my messages is dark and it's great and my safari is dark and it's great and my background is dark and it's great and uh that's all that i really cared about i i did diligently test making sure that i could record this very podcast before i made the upgrade but that's really all i do on this thing and you know that so yep. it wasn't it wasn't that big of a challenge for me <laughs> fair enough fair enough no i'm i'm a huge dark mode fan so mm-hmm. like that is the one thing that has me like ugh. all right 
I won't be doing this. And I, I, you know, true to form, I won't be, you know, when it's officially released, I still won't be downloading it until probably the point one. Really? Or, yeah, it's usually the point ones no, that I download. No, don't do that this time. This time it, they're both like, they both are point one releases, they feel like. Because that is the thing I have to say. Even though I said all of those bugs, <laughs> I mean, I've run some betas in the past, Joe. Yep. And betas in the past have done me real dirty. You know what I'm saying? Yep. There's been some stuff where it just is like, oh, wow, that functionality that I rely on no longer exists. And that's a big problem. Yep. But here it's it's they're pretty minor so it, it really does feel like uh like you know ios 11.9 and i can't even remember what the last version of mac os was what was it the high sierra and then sierra was before that yeah mac os even higher sierra you know that's kind of what they both feel like i'll put it this way we've got a uh, there's an imac at church that i'm in charge of supporting that is still on sierra it's not on High Sierra yet mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. it's so important to what's going on there that it's not being upgraded. And it probably won't make its way to High Sierra even after Mojave comes out. So it will probably just stay on Sierra indefinitely. My personal computer, I can't handle that. <laughs> like, I, I won't let it sit quite that long. Yeah. I will at least, when the point .0 comes out, I will at least do quite a bit of digging to see, you know, are there any bugs that came up on it? Like, that's usually the true test for me. I'll let it sit for two or three weeks after it releases and let them, you know, let everybody else do the big gold test before I do the download. But that's fair. Once that's done, then I usually feel a little bit better about it. All right. Well, if you have any beta questions, send them my way, my friend. I will do that. I, I got all your answers. Okay. You know, here here's here's some here's a level of real restraint, right? I have not put a beta on my watch. So my Apple Watch is not upgraded. Aren't I just a, a creature of patience? Isn't the beta like bricking watches? <laughs> yes, yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> it like destroyed everyone's watch that they that that used beta <laughs> one. Uh and there is no public beta for the for the Apple Watch, I think it is completely in the developer beta. But there are people who are using it. And it. the feature that's actually going to be real quite nice for that is that you're going to be able to just immediately start talking to Siri as soon as you raise the the watch to, yeah. to like, you know, talk to it, which I would love immediately. I think I'll probably use Siri more than I ever have ever with that one little feature being added. So I'm excited about it. But you know what? I, I'm just a, a restrained individual, Joe. You know, I just don't fall for all of these betas. <laughs> And uh, I will not be installing that on my watch anytime soon. Got let it. me tell you what. So yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry about me. I'm I'm living the the normal peaceful life over here. Yep. No no bugs to speak of. So as long as it's a beta that won't just completely destroy your device, you're okay. Okay. I, I see how it <laughs> yeah. is. I I, see how I read the comment sections and I see that a few people have said works great, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's all I need. I'm diving right in. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, Joe. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut this a little short because there's a whole other topic that you and I, I'm sure, will be covering very soon, which I don't know if you know this or not yet. I haven't really told many people. Okay. But I am no longer just the proprietor of Keyhouse. I have purchased a business. What? And I now own a coffee shop. What? 